Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem. This week on the show, we're talking about how spiritual practice is really all about being kind to each other. That's at the root of all of this. Like it says in the Ziggy Marley song, love is my religion. That's what religion is all about. That's what spirituality is all about. And somehow we keep forgetting. I'm here on the show to give another friendly reminder that spirituality is all about being kind. Let's get into it. Before we start the show, I want to say a big thank you to our sponsor, Minds Dye. Minds Dye makes custom dyed fabrics for all of your daily needs, whether it's a kimono or a sweatsuit or a tank top or bed sheets or curtains, you name it, she can do it. Check her out, The Minds Dye. You can message her on Instagram or go in the Etsy store and get yourself whatever you need from Minds Dye. That's M-I-N-D, like your mind, dye, D-Y-E, like the dye fabric. Also want to let you know that I've got some great opportunities coming up for mentorship. So if you want to be a part of a small group over six months, or if you want to come down to Mexico for about 12 days and practice together, get in touch with me, Tiago Prem at tiagoprem.com or go to tiagoprem.com and apply for mentorship today. Also, big, big news coming up. I'm going to do a teacher training. I know, right? I've been resistant to it. I haven't wanted to do it. I've been really committed to sharing yoga in a way that is traditional and teacher to student and not so much how do I get the piece of paper, but people have been asking, so I'm going to make it happen. Stay tuned. It's going to happen in the summer. This is just a little bird telling you the opportunity to do teacher training with Tiago Prem is on the horizon. All right, so if you've been listening to the series, you know that we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, or or some people call it the Beatitudes. Essentially, this is like the pinnacle teaching or the essence of the teachings that Jesus shared. And I think it's really important whether you consider yourself a Christian or not. I don't necessarily consider myself a Christian. However, Jesus's example for me personally is one of the most inspiring, uh, succinct, Uh, full examples of what it means to uh, live a spiritual life, live a compassionate human life, live the life of a yogi, uh, which in my personal viewpoint, he was a yogi. That's how he was able to do what he did. He had a deep awareness of what oneness with God is all about, which is what yoga is, oneness with God. And um, so just to put that out there, because I know people have got all their belief systems and yada yada. Um, If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, just go back on YouTube. They're all there or on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to the show. Um, If you love the show, please give us a five star rating, review us. And if you want to support the show, uh, share us with your friends. Also, we're going to do a Patreon account. So if you've been listening to the show for years and you love it, uh, what would really help for me to continue to do this is to make a small donation, you know, like buy me a, buy me some tacos <laughs> down in Mexico or I make a little contribution so that I'm able to keep up with gear and that kind of thing. It's a challenge sometimes, you know, down here where the, maybe the internet's not working and I've got to travel to another town to upload and 
I'm doing my best to be consistent for you. And if this show means a lot to you, um, I would encourage you to just go on the Patreon, a couple bucks, maybe more, whatever you uh, feel. If this is a valuable show in your weekly routine, uh, you can make a contribution there. And I will put the uh, link to the Patreon in the show notes. Okay, so we're going to try and cover as much ground as we can today. Um, as I mentioned in the show intro, we're talking all about kindness and how spiritual practice is really all about that. Whether you use the word religion or spirituality or sadhana or lifestyle or whatever word you want to use, I think those words are all interchangeable, including recovery. Uh, we could save that for another episode. Um, but it doesn't really matter to me which one of those words resonates with you. I just think that if you are engaged in a practice of sort of waking up to who you are, I just recorded a, a great uh, meditation. You can get it on Insight Timer. I'm on Insight Timer and sharing meditations. I'll also put it up on the YouTube if you want to practice along on YouTube. Um, but basically, we did this meditation of remembering who you are because we forget. And when we forget who we are um, chronically, then it can cause disease in the body, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so these words like lifestyle, sadhana, uh, yoga practice, religion, spirituality, however you want to uh, shake this down, however you want to describe it, um, essentially all that we're working on is uh, consistently over time awakening or remembering who we are because it's so easy to forget you know when you're staring into the social media vacuum or when you know you're dealing with people who have problems including yourself <laughs> and programming and trauma and all of the things that we experience um, spiritual practice is really about remembering who you are and today by exploring the teachings that jesus shared in the sermon on the mount we're really getting to and you've heard this in the previous previous episodes Really, at its core, if we were to get down to the, the juice of it, the concentrated, like what is the, you know, what is the diamond? <laughs> we're going to reveal the diamond of these teachings. Really, what's being said here is the way to practice is be kind to each other. That's what it is. And we'll see that today. And we'll also see how when you read some of these things, how people got like, you know, really dogmatic about this and... Uh, being, I mean, if you're going to get dogmatic about being kind to each other, well, go for it. But often what happens is we attach to the surface or we attach to the rules while we're, while we're attempting to do our practice, and then we forget about why we do the practice. And today's episode is a reminder that the purpose of the practice is to be kind. At the root of yoga is compassion. At the root of all religion is be kind to your neighbor and, and the world around you. Be a good steward of the world around you. And, and this is what Jesus is doing here in, in this particular part of our uh, exploration in the Sermon on the Mount. So <clears throat> this section, if, you, uh, if you'd like to read the Bible, you can get it on your phone. I'm doing a full year, uh, study of the Bible. I'm just about done. I finished the New Testament and uh, Old Testament. I'm in Ezekiel now, um, which the, in Ezekiel, it's a little bit disheartening because you, you've got this person talking about the vengeance of God. And I think it's really important when you study the Bible that you, re you remember that this is a book. Uh, well, not a book. It's like 40 books. It's a library, essentially, 
uh, written by different people. Some of them are letters, uh, some of them are poems, some of them are historical teachings, some of them are writings of prophets. And these are real people. You know, it's not like some god in the sky with a golden pen wrote this all down and then passed it to us and then we're all supposed to follow the rules <laughs> that's how some people see it so when a book like ezekiel is happening you know you're listening to um it, these warnings essentially that if you don't start loving god then these are all the horrible things that are going to happen to you and I can see how when somebody would read that, they would go like, why would you want to like spend your morning time in prayer listening to this? And sure, on the surface, I understand that. But underneath the surface, what I notice is, is like, essentially look at your own life. Like when you were in your own life, not listening to your true voice, not listening to God, not listening to love, not listening to the call to be of service of others and to be kind, were you having challenges? Like, were, you know, were things really hard? Did you fall into addiction, apathy, depression, uh, anxiety? Like, are, are, were those things that happened to you? It was for me. And then when I made a conscious decision to, like, get back on track and get back to listening to myself, taking care of myself, taking care of other people, choosing to live in love, it's not so much that those problems went away, but in the remembering of who I am, I had the capacity to deal with those problems in a way that brought some good into my life, into the lives of other people. And in my commitment to doing so, that has a ripple effect and impacts the world around. And that's me returning to the covenant that God has made, or whoever, whatever language you want to use, put love in there instead, to care for me, but I have to participate in that. And if I don't participate in that, I could be uh, creating extra suffering for myself and for the world. That's real. <laughs> and, you know, like some people say, well, why do you need to read Ezekiel to see that? I need as many reminders as I can get. And for some reason, it's kind of refreshing to look at something that's thousands of years old and go, oh, yeah, I'm not the only one dealing with this and who needs a constant reminder to love. Whew. I feel, for some reason, to feel like it lightens the load a little bit. So the, the, you see what I'm saying, right? So it's like the scriptures are there to remind us exactly of what we're talking about today. And we said in the previous episode, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself is essentially the essence of the teachings. Loving God means the one and all, the love and all, and loving your neighbor is like, that's how you practice it. You see the God in all. You see God in the other person, in the soil, in the animals, in the, everywhere. And then the person who's writing the scripture may have like a bunch of dogma or a bunch of rules pertinent to the times or a bunch of, and you may, if you get hung up on that, you may miss the message. And what's the message again? Oh, yeah, love. And how do you practice love? Oh, you go out there and love. <laughs> you know? So anyhow, that's a, a little precursor to why the study of Scripture, I think, is, uh, is important, because I need all the reminders I can get. Um, so he starts off in this particular passage. It's in Matthew 5, 21, if you're doing any biblical study. And if not, that's okay. As I mentioned, you can get it on your phone. Um, 
I can put a link in the show notes if you're interested in, in checking this out. And uh, I use the new revised standard version or the NRSV. I find that to be um, pretty clear. Not too many, not too much like old school language that doesn't resonate, but at the same time, not so new school that maybe it, it, it's like gets sort of jumbled, <laughs> jumbled up. Okay, so he, he's talking about anger. Good place to start, right? And here's what he says. He says, you have, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. So if you kill, you are going to uh, face the consequences of your actions. And he says from there, but I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or a sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or a sister, you will be liable to counsel. And if you say you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and sister, and then come and offer your gift. You see what's going on here? Often what we do is we, we sort of like justify our actions. We go, well, you know, I didn't kill them. I just like talk smack about them behind their back or I just lost my temper with that person or I, you know, um, made fun of them or, you know, was passive aggressive or, you know, and, and I know that I hurt their feelings, but like it, they did it too, so I'm not going to. You know all that stuff that we do? He's saying like it's essentially the same thing as killing someone. And you may go like, oh, well, that's a little intense. Well, it's about the motive. It is about your intention. If your intent is to love, to be one with God, to love and be loving, to practice, to do sadhana, then... You know, if there is dissension and problems in your relationships and in the world around you, you've got to work on resolving those. That is the participation in love. And that's the wake-up call so that we don't do the justification thing where we go, well, it's not that bad. Like I talk to a lot of people in recovery who do that. It's like, well, at least I'm not smoking crack. It's like, that's not how addiction works. Addiction is any repeated behavior that causes negative results that you continue to participate in. You could say the same thing if, if the essence of the teachings is love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. If you're not engaging in a loving practice with your neighbor, it's no different than um, causing physical harm to them. Now, that, does that mean that you are perfect? No. It says right there, like, you go to make an offering because you want to, you know, be one with God. You want the spiritual experiences. You want to be your best self. And yet, we forget, like, I've written some articles in the past about how, you know, talking about the Gandhi quote, I would be a Christian if it wasn't for the Christians that I knew. I mean, I've had that experience. Like, we can go to the, the altar or the church or the yoga class or the whatever the thing that we do is to, you know, clean up some of our mess. And we can praise and worship and stretch and cry and say, you know, I love you, bless me. 
and at the same time go, well, I'm, but I'm not going to forgive my father, my sister-in-law, my, you know, my neighbor who is rude to me that, and, and by the way, these things might happen in time. Like, you know, this isn't about shame or anything like that. It may happen in time. You may need to <laughs> work through a pr uh, process and it, it will be a progression of forgiveness. But essentially what he's saying here is that, you know, we need to, what we're working on here is, that's why I always say with ahimsa, where it says like ahimsa, uh, non-harming, it's so much more than that. And that's kind of what Jesus is saying here. It's not just like, don't, don't physically harm your neighbor, but actually like, don't make fun of them, don't talk smack about them, um, you know, speak loving, kind words. And if you're not able to speak loving, kind words, then be quiet. That is essentially tapas in yoga. I mean, T. Krishnamacharya even said, when he said, what is tapas? He said, we think tapas means discipline. What it actually means is speak less and eat less, he said. Now, the speak less thing is what we're talking about today. It's like, if you can't engage in a loving conversation with the other person, Find a way to do that. And if you can't find a way to do that, just be quiet. That's the practice. My name, Tiaga Prem, my spiritual name, essentially means that to me. Tiaga is a form of renunciation. Prem means love. So in, every time I hear that name, I remember, if you can't put love in it, don't do it. If you can't put love in it, don't participate. Cancel. But if you can put love in it, engage, participate. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. Like, you know, you want to go and do your yoga practice and you want to make your offering. You want to go and do your meditation. You want to say your prayers. He's saying, maybe even before you do that, make peace. So it's embodiment practice. You know, it's not just like, it's not just showing off how spiritual you are. It's literally going out and engaging in loving practice. That's what he's saying here. And if you're, so if you're angry, you know, bring, do your best to resolve that, to bring love to the situation. Come to terms, he goes on, come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're on the way to court. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and then you'll be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. What's being said here is that that kind of negativity, thinking bad things about yourself, thinking bad things about your neighbor, um, feeling like you're not enough, uh, imposing that on other people, it, what we're do what we're being advised here is to engage in loving practice or essentially to remember who you are because that's what the practice is all about it's not about the rules it's not about the dogma it's not about you know some of that structure is helpful but the essence of it the reason for doing it the intent behind it is love the lord your god with all your heart ishvara pranidana and love your neighbor as yourself ahimsa Ooh, you see how we went yoga on that? <laughs> I love y'all. All right, let's get into the next part. So now we're in uh, Matthew 5, 27, and, and we're talking about adultery. And this is like, you know, where things get a little weird. Um, have y'all seen Billy Madison? If you haven't seen the gospel, according to Billy Madison, there's that little kid who says, who calls Billy Madison a fornicator. <laughs> 
and he, his name's like Damien or something. I mean, there are people out there like that. Like sex has been distorted and vilified, to quote the band Propagandy. Uh, great band, by the way. Um, you know, and sexuality, healthy sexuality is a part of living in a human body. And we've tried to deny it. Like maybe you heard the joke before where like this reporter, he, uh, he wants to see the original texts for the, for the Bible, you know, for the Torah or for the, all the rules, you know, the law, the law of the Bible. And so he, he talks to these monks and the monks, they show him some copies. So they've been transcribed from over time. And he goes like, no, no, I want to see the original text. And the monks are like, okay, well, we don't really take anyone, but we'll do it for you. So they take him down into this like secret vault underneath the monastery. And they go all the way down and they pull the, this original uh, scroll out. And they're looking at it and they're reading through it. And, and then all of a sudden, one of the monks, he sees, oh, there's... There's been an error, in, and he never no, he'd never noticed it, but he noticed it here in the in the presence of this reporter, and he, he's so excited. He like blows past the reporter, and he runs up all the stairs, and he runs back into the monastery, into the hall where all the monks are, and he goes, "I've got great news! It says celebrate, not celibate." <laughs> you know, and this celibacy thing—it's in all of the traditions. It's in yoga, etc. The yogis believe that. You know, if you held on to your uh, semen, that you would retain these uh, powers, and and then the gods would tempt the yogi with some, you know, beautiful being that you would lust after, and then it would steal his seed. Very similar to the story of Samson. It's the stuff is throughout all these ancient traditions, and you can get dogmatic about it, and you can make a bunch of rules, and you can and then lose the essence of like why. Would it be important to practice brahmacharya, to practice, I like the words, energy management? Because that's how you take care of others. You know, if you're exploiting other people, objectifying other people, um, you know, lying to other people so that you can engage in, you know, and you're not being a responsible human being, you know, and then all the, there's all these things. Oh, well, you have to engage in sexual relationship in this way. And, you know, it just gets so distorted over time. If we get to the essence, which we say is love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself, what are we talking about? Caring for the other person that you're in relationship with. So it's not so much about rules and uh, identify how you identify, and that's all surface-based dogma, BS. B BS, meaning belief systems and the other. Uh, but it's more about caring, like, you know, being in a loving relationship and really genuinely caring about the well-being of the people that you are in interpersonal relations with. That's what it's about. And that may be unique to you, and you got to be honest with yourself and honest with the people around you. And if you're doing that from a compassionate place, then rules don't really matter. It's about love. Okay, so <laughs> there's my disclaimer before y'all start going like pointing fingers at the people who pointed fingers at you. You know what I mean? Like the people who are like, you're not allowed to be 
this or that and all the conversion therapy and how much harm that's caused for LGBTQ community and you can't be gay and love God. I mean, it's just all hogwash. We are all born in original blessing and we're being called to take care of each other. And how do you do that? Well, you are a sexual being and you are being called to um, be mature in relationship to that and to express that and to be kind in the way that you express that and to be, you know, embrace that part of your uh, reality in a way that is responsible and compassionate. Otherwise, it may cause you some pain and suffering and pain and suffering for those around you. Simple. And some of us may... <laughs> Some of us getting to that point may not be simple. I mean, you know, like we're, we're, uh, what's the word here that I'm looking for? We're, ah, I can't think of the word. Essentially what I'm trying to say is that we are, um, have like pornography just like dumped on us. It's in our phones. It's everywhere we look. It's, um, you know, like you gotta be with this person and, and not that person and romance and, you know, th um, the, uh, nuclear family. And this is the only way that a family exists and it must be a man and a woman and a child. And it there's value to those values. And yet at the essence of everything we're talking about is love the people around you really love them. And sex can be a part of that, but love needs to be the driving essence of it. Otherwise, it can cause harm. And we don't want to cause harm because we're engaged in this sadhana or spiritual practice. So when Jesus is talking about adultery, he says, you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. What does it mean, adultery? Adultery, it means be honest. Be honest about your sexuality and in your relationships. That's it. Not you must, your family must look like this and your partner must be this and your, that's mind control. Okay, the dogma of mind control. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a person with lust has already committed adultery within their heart. So he's saying like, you can objectify people. You may not be like watching porn. You may have said, ah, oh, it's not for me. It doesn't. You know, it's stealing my life force, my ability to be present and loving because I'm being sucked into this alternative reality. But also when you are engaged with other people and you, you're, you sort of step away from having their best interests in mind, in heart and in body, that you're, cause, you're causing harm even by thinking about causing harm. And that's a hard thing. And that's how, same as Brahmacharya, you can see that's where people said, well, just deny, 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 deny. And that's extremism. The same way as like when you saw the people deny, 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 and you go, I don't want that, like the free love of the 60s. And you go just like sleep with who you want, when you want, doesn't matter. And if it's not driven by love and on the principles of honesty and openness, then that becomes a problem. These are the pairs of opposites causing an imbalance because we try to go to one end or the other end. You know, deny, deny, deny my sexuality, celibacy, hold my seed. Yes, there can be benefit to that. But if we do it for too long, it becomes too much tension, too much structure, too much gravity. 
And then we go, oh, I'm just going to do what I want, sleep with who I want and spread my seed everywhere. And just who cares? Just, and you know, if we are not honest, you can, maybe you can do that in a way that you're honest and, and that's how you roll. And I have no idea <laughs> because that's not me, but I do know that when I allow my, um, carnal urges, my sexual urges and desires to run the show, like I'm living from my second chakra or pelvis region and not connecting with my heart and not, you know, engaging in a way where it's like, really care for this person. If you're really caring for the person who's in front of you, then you're going to do your best to cause as little harm as possible in their life. And and if you're doing if you're causing them harm even mentally then that's a that's a problem and it's something to be addressed and worked through if you're intentionally causing harm even in the mental realm does that make sense okay if your right eye causes you to sin tear it out and throw it away it is better for you to lose one of your members than <laughs> than for your whole body to be thrown into hell now this is the austerity piece Right. Rather than it would be better to lose your eye than it would be to disconnect from the path of love, because if you disconnect from the path of love, then you will suffer for eternity. And there's truth to that, you know, it's not literal, you know, like the yogis who hold one hand in the air for 12 years to to prove their devotion to God. I mean, yes, there is devotion in that. But is it necessary? I mean, it depends on your conditions. I would say what we're talking about here is that it would better it would be better for you to um, sort of like physically remove yourself from causing pain and suffering then it would be to stay there, not do it on the surface, but do it inside of you. Because if you just do it inside of you, it's eventually going to come out and it's going to cause dis-ease because you're forgetting who you are. You feel me? And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Remember when we talked about sin in previous episodes? What we're talking about with sin is you lose, uh, you go off track. You go off the loving track. So it would be better for you to lose a limb in the name of love than it would be to keep the limb and stop loving. That's true. I mean, obviously, we don't want to choose between and we don't want to lose our limbs. Don't take it so literally. The point is that it's mo most important that you stay on the track of love and cut away, Tiaga, cut away anything that uh, takes you out of being loving. Okay? It is also said, whoever divorces their wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. Meaning, yeah, we, it can, we can divorce. It's not bad. What? But I thought, like, if you get divorced, the whole church will shun you, and it's all dogma, Okay? Even friends of mine who are engaged in relationships maybe where they're co-parenting and they're not together anymore and then there's another partner in the... And then the parents go, oh, that you can't have a family like that. Says who? Says the dogma of religious institutions. 
but I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife or husband or partner or whatever, except on the ground of unchastity, causes them to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. This is a tricky one, right? Because it's like you hear the rules. I would say dig underneath that and go, if you if you are not able to connect with the person that you're in partnership with, not in a way that's selfish, but you're not able to really love them and you're doing your best to really love them, let's rewind that. If you are engaged in a relationship where you notice that the two of you are finding it challenging to be loving to one another, then it would be beneficial to split ways. But if you're splitting ways because of selfish reasons, like, you know, you're lusting after other people and you, or you're lying or you're uh, stealing or, you know, people take the money and run or try and take the kids or any kind of action that is not loving, it doesn't just go away because you left the relationship. That's the karma part. It still needs to be worked through. But if you're doing everything you can to show up in love and your partner maybe is not having the capacity to do that and you split ways, that's fine. Bless them and continue to love and pray for them. That's what I take from this. Does that make sense? And I know it's a tricky one because it's a matter of the heart and even just talking about it, the frequency of it is painful. And it's okay. It's okay to talk about painful things in love. It's okay to feel uncomfortable about it. It's okay, you know, but you don't have to stay somewhere because of dogma. You don't have to stay in a practice, in a group, in a relationship because of dogma. It's about love. And if the and if the establishment, the authority, whatever it might be, is squashing the love from you and from those around you. Why participate? But you have to be really honest. Like, are you looking for an easy way out that's going to enable your harmful behavior? And this saying, well, it's about love. Nobody can judge that except for you. The only person who really knows is you and your relationship to God or your relationship to love. And anyone who tells you that it's, the, I mean, it's just all empty advice and some of it might be good advice but essentially you are the one who needs to do the deep soul searching and make a decision and if you try and if you try and pull a fast one on love it's going to come back to teach you all right let's take a little break here and we'll be right back All right, everybody, as I mentioned before, teacher training, it's going to happen in the summer. And if you're looking for uh, some support in your journey, small group mentoring in person in Mexico coming soon, go to tiagoprem.com for more info or message me personally. And let's get started. All right, welcome back to the show. So we've talked about 
really essentially what spiritual practice is about, and that's love, and not getting so hung up on the dogma and the rules, but looking beneath the surface of what's being said. This is very important. This is what I've been encouraged to do by my teachers in my life, you know, with when with anything, study of scripture, study of yoga, sadhana, whatever it is that you're doing, looking at it from a place of like, what are they trying to say? Okay, like, and then like, who wrote this? Who did they write it for? Who said this? Who did they say it for? Taking all of those things into context and then underneath it go like, why would they be saying this? And and this process of being contemplative and, and looking at it is a practice, just like a yoga practice. It's kind of like, yeah, sure, you can do down dog, up dog, handstand, splits, blah, 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 blah. But why? Like, why are we doing it? And, and by doing it is an exploration of why. Doing the pranayams is an exploration of why. Studying the scriptures is an exploration of why. Being in the presence of your teacher is an exploration. <laughs> you know, like, what is this for? And you are learning to listen to your inner guide, which is telling you what it's for and why you do it. It's an awakening. And if, and if you're not sure, start from this place. It's all about love. All of it, all the things, no matter what flavor you like. It's all about love. It's all about love. But yeah, but you know, so-and-so got lost and this religious leader fell and this guru fell and this person caused this harm and this person said, I can only know. It's all about love. And people get lost and, and do the wrong thing and hurt people and get confused and feel small and you know, go off track and and also forgive and go back on track and return to love. That's called grace. It's all about love, and if you forget, there's grace. God is good, and you are that, and we're here to remember together. So this is the last part of uh, uh, today's show, and then next episode we'll talk about you know, the great teachings on retaliation and and loving your enemy and all of that. It's going to be a great episode. They're all great episodes. This stuff is awesome. I just love this. Don't you all just love this? I hope you do. And thanks everyone who's reached out and told me that, you, that you're loving the studies. I appreciate that. Um, so concerning oaths, this is this part. So now we're in 33. That's my magic number, 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. You shall not swear falsely. Just tell the truth. That's what, satya, that's what we're talking about here. Tell the truth. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no, Anything more than this comes from the evil one. What is he talking about here? Integrity. Say what you mean and mean what you say. And again, this can be a process. It can be a progression. Some of us have been lying to ourselves and to others for so long that we don't even know that we're doing it, especially people with addiction issues, which is most people, by the way. You see what I'm saying? Say what you mean, mean what you say. That is the practice. It's not giving empty promises, especially to yourself. 
oh, I'm going to do this practice tomorrow and I'm going to do it every day for 30 days and I'm not going to miss a day. And then you just keep missing and then you go, oh, I'm just going to be gentle. He's saying, don't even do that. Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. You're going to do it? Just do it. Not going to do it? Just don't do it. To be so self-aware that you just uh, are an embodiment of your vision or purpose. And that can be a process, that can be a practice. But ultimately, living truth, satya, is about no need to blow smoke. Just be you. You see how these are all the, these is, this is yoga, man. This is all the practice, you know? Watch your anger in a way that even thinking about harming another person, engaging in thoughts that cause harm, is causing harm. So practice bringing love into that space to the best of your ability. Know that it's a practice and it's a process. In your relationships, yeah, there's all these rules and religious rules and dogma and you must follow and don't even go there. In your relationships, be honest with each other and do your best to be loving. This is a process. We have so much programming around relationships. How can I be more loving, more truthful in the way that I show up? It's a process. It's a practice. You know, And if you're in a relationship where you're doing everything you can and the other person just is unable to meet you, you can keep loving them, but from a, from a distance. You don't have to be physically present. And the reminder is, is the tricky one about divorce, why this one hurts for us, is that it's like you have to be really honest that you're not taking the easy way out. And the easy way, it's not actually the easy way, it's actually the hard way, but the way where you just blame that other person for all of your challenges, and then you go, phew, I'm done with them, and then you look for somebody else to blame. And essentially what he's saying is, is that it's just going to be the same thing over and over again. That's the nature of karma. So it's about love and it's about you getting really honest with yourself about how you're showing up. Are you showing up in love or are you showing up for in selfish endeavors or blame or uh, martyrdom or whatever it might be? Finger pointing. I guess that's blame. You see what I'm saying? And then... You know, say what you mean and mean what you say. Have integrity. For me, that's been a challenge one, challenging one in my yoga. Like I, I was like, I was really immature in my early days of practicing where like I would just be like drink and party and cause harm to myself and others. But then when I was at the front of the yoga class teaching or when I was doing my sadhana, I, I was like, oh, I don't want to be that person. And I lived these two lives for so long. And then when it became apparent that it was time to put the bottle down, it's not like I just quit drinking and then I was a good teacher. I had to go through years of trying different practices, different therapies, different groups. Different, but I knew in my heart that it was time to be a, a, a yogi, a teacher of integrity, a man of integrity. And so I had to work through that stuff. And so I worked through it and I worked through it and I tried different practices and I set practices down and I moved and shift and change it. And that was painful for some people. Like, why do you have to change? Like, why can't you? 
And the reason was, is that I knew my relationship to my inner knower was like, your calling is to be a yogi in this life, to be a teacher in this life, and to be a student of yoga in this life. There's no question about that. And in order for you to do that with integrity, you got to look at some of these behaviors that you have because they're causing harm. And if you really look closely, you'll notice that alcohol and drugs really are, are, you know, causing you to behave in a way that is harmful to yourself and other people. So let's do something about that. And that, it took a long time. And now I feel really blessed to be able to sit here and go, I don't drink or take drugs anymore. And now I've been able to return to some of those practices that help me to, you know, step into my dharma my purpose in this life a little more fully but i was immature i was immature emotionally i was immature mentally i was immature uh uh, i was gonna say socially i was immature spiritually well socially too and so i worked through it i worked through it in the name of love i worked through it and then i was able to release and let go of these things that were causing harm and now i get to work on the next thing because it's an awakening process a, a returning to love and acknowledging where i went off track and making amends and asking for forgiveness and and then you know it's a beautiful thing to return to some of those practices and and see them with new eyes and a new experience because it's not just a physical practice some of us try and approach the yoga in that way oh, it's just a physical thing no you're not just a physical body you know, it's a practice of remembering who you are, that loving divine nature. And we're going to move through seasons and cycles. And we're moving into an, uh, a way of living where we don't have to sort of make promises so much. You know, maybe vows help for a season. Maybe I'm going to do 40 days. Maybe like that starts to build the structure. But eventually that structure, you know, is not the point the postures are not the point the scriptures are not the point the the rules the identification is not the point what's the point is that you're so in tune with yourself and your commitment to love love the lord your god with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself ishvara pranidana and ahimsa you're so committed to that way of living that you are a living embodiment of that love you are a lamp unto the world the salt and light of the earth as we discussed in a previous episode. Thanks so much for listening to today's program. I hope it was inspiring for you. If you love the show, please rate us and review us. A reminder that the show comes out on Friday on Spotify, iTunes, and then new uh, video episodes come out on Sunday on YouTube. Um, so that's those are the release days. If you want to get in touch with me, Tiago Prem at tiagoprem.com or feel free to DM me on Instagram. I'm on there probably more than I'd like to be, but I'm working on it, as I'm sure you are, learning to be more present and to live a life of love in integrity and creativity with all of my being. So thanks so much for listening to the show. Love you all so much and look forward to seeing you soon. Bless you. (music) 